Cinebraskans, the daily Nebraskan entertainment podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz, joined by my co-host. Hello, uh, my name is David Berman. Um, I am formerly the assistant culture editor at the Daily Nebraskan. Uh, I am now the co-editor of the COVID-19 section. Um, So just doing uh, some content about COVID-19 related news on campus. This is the only culture-y thing I am doing uh, now, and I'm glad to have it in my life because I am stressed. (laughs) (laughs) As well as... Um, I'm Mia Everding, and the only thing I do now here for the podcast, I mean for the section, is the podcast. Wow, that was that was coherent. But the only thing you do for the podcast is also the podcast. This as well, is true. So. <laughs> I talk into a microphone. You don't edit it. You Sometimes. just show up. You talk. <laughs> hey, I came up with today's topic. So congrats. Here's a cookie, Mia. Thanks. <laughs> And yeah, uh, I'm Kyle Cruz. Uh, I do actual other things in the culture section other than this podcast, unlike Damn. some other people. Um, but yeah, so I mainly just write movie reviews and do a couple other random things here and there. Um, but yeah, uh, this is, I believe, episode 20, 24 of, of the Cinebraskans podcast, uh, which we'll come back to that later. But maybe that number ties into our topic. Maybe. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe, maybe we just are doing this bit for no reason. <laughs> Anyway, we'll just we'll just get into our first segment, which is what have I done? What have done? What have done? 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 What have done? And what have I done is the segment where we just talk about what we've been up to for the week, uh, what what movies or TV or whatever we've been consuming. And as usual, Dave, let's start with you first. What have you been up to this week? Yeah, so I know last week uh, I talked about The Boys, and I'm going to do it again, because that's literally all I've watched <laughs> since last week. Um, so uh, this this time, though, I can talk about season two. Um, I think maybe last time I had already finished the season by then, but I don't remember. Um, so yeah, so I, I finished the first season, um, and I'm over halfway through the second now. I'm pretty much caught up with where they are at in uh real life right now where um five episodes in and there are three more coming um i've been really enjoying the second season so far i don't think i like it quite as much as the first uh it's definitely like bigger and like i can definitely tell that they put an emphasis on oh we got to make this big and like more blood and more just like sexual content and we're just gonna go crazy with with this and that's good on some level but i think also it kind of takes so like I, I really liked the first season because the characters were really well written and they had really interesting arcs and the story was you know about them trying to take down these superheroes but it still was pretty simple but this I feel like is just a little bit bloated with a lot of subplots and just like weirdness for the sake of being weird if that makes sense um, but I'm still really enjoying it and and I think where they've kind of left it off after the fifth episode i'm excited for the last three and kind of where they're going with it so yeah that's uh that's the boys we talked about this a little bit last week um but now that you've like been watching the second season and have to experience it like week to week do you enjoy that or do you kind of wish they just dropped it all at once um i'm honestly okay with uh a week to week release like i think like i said last week like i'm okay with you know, I feel caught up now. I don't feel like I need to rush through the rest of the season and watch these episodes or else I'm going to get it spoiled for me. Like, I, I'm okay with kind of... And I think maybe I haven't liked the second season as much because I've watched the first and second season, like, back-to-back in, like, a really short period of time and kind of just, like, crammed it into my brain, you know? So uh, I'm kind of 
excited to take a break from it and kind of let the last three episodes just you know watch one a week and then absorb it and then move on from there so so yeah i'm okay with the week-to-week release nice and yeah moving on to you mia what have you been up to this week uh well last night i watched um my latest a24 movie which it came out a while ago it had been on my watch list for ages um it's called the last man in last black man in san francisco um yeah i i am a big fan of a24 um and this movie i definitely didn't know what i was getting into when i started it like i'd seen the trailer ages ago when it came out um and had kind of a vague idea of what it was going to be like and then it was like completely different very if you're aware of like the a24 like typical like movies that come out of that production company um it would be no surprise it was very very strange it was about well okay i say strange but it not in a not in a bad way whatsoever it was about this guy who's living with his friend there in san francisco it's not really ever discussed what time period it is but i'm pretty sure it's present day and he has this attachment to this house that he grew up in and it's basically like in a very gentrified neighborhood and he's trying to reclaim it and like reclaim that part of his identity and his family's history in this house super strange like there were just a lot of weird plot points but like very like personal like it was beautiful everything about it was beautiful like the sh- the framing the lighting was insane like it was just stunning and like the color palette was really consistent and would like switch between the characters oh my gosh it was beautiful so that was that was what i've been up to and yeah um I would ask a follow-up question, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Great. Um, but yeah, uh, what I've been up to, as they've both watched very serious movies, I watched Tangled this <laughs> week. Um, so, yeah, everyone knows what Tangled is. I just kind of watched it on a whim this week. It was I was hanging out with a couple of friends, and we were looking for something to watch, and we just decided to, to throw Tangled on because we could. And I hadn't seen Tangled in a minute, probably since like right around when it came out. Um, so it was interesting watching it like now and just seeing how it's aged. And this movie is delightful. Um, it's the first like Disney animated film to be like a fully like 3d animated, uh, feature. Um, which was, it was interesting to see, um, just kind of like comparing it to like what had come before and like seeing like the groundwork it was laying for the movies they've released since. Um, and one thing I noticed is that, Uh, The dynamic between uh, Rapunzel and Flynn Rider was interesting, not only because they just have excellent chemistry together and they're both uh, voice acted very well, but because Rapunzel, uh, the way she's presented in this movie, feels kind of like, not generic, but like just a general like kind of Disney movie princess, um, like what what you would expect a Disney version of Rapunzel to be. Um, but Flynn Rider feels like a very kind of like modern character intertwined in that. So it feels like it's two, like an older story and a newer story kind of like mixed together, um, which I thought was really interesting. And yeah, the music's great. Um, it's yeah. Animated very well, just in general, very positive things to say about Tangled. I give it a thumbs up, (laughs) (laughs) I guess is what I'm trying to say. I absolutely love Tangled. It is such a joy. Like, I I think it's been a, a a good while since I've seen like all of it in one sitting, but it's like consistently just been like 
on like the the last 40 minutes have been on freeform like many times <laughs> like just like on tv and i've watched it a bunch and man what a, what a good movie like it's just very fun and uh very emotional at the end and beautifully animated and the songs are really good so yeah good movie what do you think about tangled mia Oh, I'm a big fan. It's definitely up there in favorite Disney princess movies, um, especially for the music. Like, I'll just randomly sing any song from it. Like, there's so many just classic bops from that soundtrack. So. I don't remember what it's called, but the the song that they sing in the bar is probably my favorite. Oh my gosh. It's very good. It's, yes. it's great. Um, is Tangled have a dream. better than Frozen? I would yes. 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 Good. That's the right answer. <laughs> I was gonna fight all. I was gonna fight both of you. Like Frozen's good. But I love Tangles. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess moving on from there, we'll just kind of jump into our, our movie news for the week. Uh, we've got a we've got a fair amount to talk about this week. When we started putting this doc together, like was it yesterday, a couple days ago, it didn't seem like there was gonna be much, and then there's kind of been a lot that's happened. So yeah, we'll just jump right into it. Uh, starting off with our usual comic book stuff, because we like some comic book stuffs. We sure do. Um uh, <laughs> DC Universe is dead. Um the, the streaming service that DC started a couple years ago, um, basically just have exclusively DC content. That's where they've been premiering uh, Harley Quinn and Swamp Thing and Titans, as well as like the, it's also got like a virtual like comics uh, aspect to it as well. I, I wrote an article about DC Universe like when it first came out, like within the first month or so. And at that time, there wasn't a lot of content on it, but I thought it had a lot of potential. Um, and I unsubscribed after that first month. But from what I've gathered from friends that do use DC Universe, they're very satisfied with it. Um, but yeah, with HBO Max coming out uh, earlier in the summer, it kind of appeared to be that DC Universe's days were numbered, especially now that they've moved Harley Quinn and Swamp Thing and all those shows over to HBO Max. And yeah, got the official word this week that uh, starting next year, DC Universe is going to be replaced by the drastically different title DC Universe Infinite. Um, oh. which is basically just a comics only subscription service, which I guess is cool. Like if you're in, like if you're into reading comics, like it's interesting to have like a specific subscription service for that. And I'm sure that there's others that exist. Um, but yeah, it's kind of sad to see, but not totally unexpected. You guys have any thoughts on this? Uh, DC universe infinite kind of suggests that there is more contact, more content, but in fact there is considerably less content <laughs> than on DC universe. I um, assume they'll change the price tag on it. I don't remember what it, what the price is for. I would it hope right so because I feel like people wouldn't pay that much just for comics, but I'm sure there are, are some, some people who would for sure. Um, are all the shows going to HBO max now? I, the ones that aren't being canceled, I would assume. Okay. So I know a lot of their shows have been axed, um, but like, I know Harley Quinn has moved over there and, uh, Titans and Doom Patrol have moved over there. Okay. Nice. But Cause I've, yeah, I've, I've loved Harley Quinn. I've been watching that recently too. Um, and I've uh, honestly like consistently heard very good things about Titans and Doom Patrol and, and Swamp Thing, even though it was canceled after one episode, I heard that was actually a pretty solid show. Yeah, so, um, I heard the same. so yeah, hopefully those are all on HBO max and I can check those out. Yeah, um, sticking with, with DC movie news, uh, we've got some news regarding The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn. Uh, in an interview earlier this week, uh, Joel Kinnaman uh, made the claim that The Suicide Squad will be, quote, heavily R-rated, which we haven't heard any official word on what the rating for this movie would be. There was some speculation that it would be an R-rated movie, but it sounds like that's the direction they're going. 
and I'm very excited about this. Uh, this is kind of like when they made this announcement uh, that James Gunn, well, when they made the announcement that James Gunn was going to be directing this movie, I was hoping that he would just go all out and have an R-rated Suicide Squad movie just to kind of like, because we've seen what James Gunn can do with a PG-13 superhero movie with Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm kind of excited for him just to let loose and do whatever he wants to do. Um, so I, I kind of see this as a sign that Warner Brothers is actually letting him do it. Um, so I think that's exciting. You guys have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I love this. Like, I think this is what this is exactly what I hope for this movie. Uh, I would just, I would love to see a, yeah, just just really intense R-rated uh, uh, Suicide Squad where I think similar to the boys, where it's just people exploding left and right, and they're kind of acknowledging how weird and crazy and horrible this world is i think would be a lot of fun so i don't really have much to add because i still have not seen the first one and i'm not really aware of anything going on so bad yeah exactly that's why i don't really care fair enough um well we're going to talk more about the suicide squad because (laughs) uh it was also announced that uh, Peacemaker, which is a character being played by John Cena in uh, The Suicide Squad, is going to be getting his own spinoff series on HBO Max that's going to be an eight-episode miniseries with all of the episodes written and directed by James Gunn. Um, Peacemaker, for anyone that doesn't know, is kind of this character that is just really dedicated to like bringing peace to the world, and he will do that by murdering as many people as he needs to. Um, uh to, to quote uh, John Cena from the from the little behind-the-scenes teaser they released, he's basically a douchey Captain, Captain America, um, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Uh, and I think this is really exciting. Um, it shows that Warner Brothers like has faith in what James Gunn is doing and is willing to continue uh, to, put, um, to put money into like what he's doing and to try and expand that universe. Um, it also makes me think that they're really happy with at least this character, if they're willing to go, like, even now, like, well over, like, right around a year before the movie comes out, just greenlight this show and announce it. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure John Cena's going to be gonna be a blast, and it makes me a, even more excited to see what this character is in this movie. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this is a really fun choice for a spinoff and is just kind of this weird kind of secondary character who not you know really many people know who he is that they can kind of um shine a spotlight on and john Cena's is great and james gunn is great and i think that it'll just it'll just be a lot of fun so yeah when they when this announcement came out i my initial reaction was well does that just mean that peacemaker is going to make it out of the suicide squad because they've been teasing that a lot of characters are going to die in this movie and we have no idea who but then i was like well they could just do a prequel or yeah. something they'll f- they could figure something out if he dies and they could like you know he could have a, a horrible death in in the suicide squad movie and then like the first scene of the spinoff is like showing that and being like i bet you're wondering how i got here <laughs> or something like that so <laughs> they just like sew him back together like a weird frankenstein that would be incredible <laughs> i would love that <laughs> Um, yeah, moving on from there, uh, in regards to, to Marvel's streaming shows, uh, this hasn't been officially announced, but it's very likely that, uh, the Disney Plus show, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, has been delayed. Um, the, the rationale behind thinking this is that Disney Plus this past week released 
a kind of a, an upcoming trailer just kind of showing what else they've got for the rest of the year. Um, there was a lot of WandaVision in the trailer, which they've also announced for 2020 or had previously also announced for 2020. Um, but there was absolutely no Falcon and the Winter Soldier in the trailer. Um, and since then, they've really been marketing WandaVision. And prior to this, we've all kind of expected WandaVision to come out after Captain America, after Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, so again, there's no official word saying that it's delayed, but it's looking like it has been. Uh, do you guys have anything to add? Yeah, uh, I think it's unfortunate. It looks like it probably will be delayed. Um, I think it's a uh, not surprising casualty of the um, COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, I'm, you know, I'm hopefully we'll we'll be seeing it soon. I, I think it's filming right now. I believe. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think WandaVision, they said it's coming this year sometime for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's good. So I, at least we will get, uh, and uh, um, I don't know if we even have this on the doc, but uh, like a bunch of MCU movies were delayed uh, today. Um, so pretty much we're not going to get a an MCU, MCU movie this year at all. Um, I had not heard this. Oh no! <laughs> this is this is my honest live reaction oh, to hearing no. this news. Kyle, Kyle is reacting live on air, and he is holding back it's tears. It's been a day. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so I guess to update you, Kyle, um, Black Widow was delayed till May, and I think Shane She's going to be like in July, and then Eternals is like next November or something. So no Marvel Damn. movies this year at all. For like the first time since 2009. I literally mm-hmm. just had an article published today kind of speculating that they were going to delay Bla- uh, Black Widow again. Well, <laughs> here we are. You were right. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, so anyway, back to the, uh, back to WandaVision. At least we will have some sort of Marvel thing this year. So that's exciting at least. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to the WandaVision trailer later, but that makes me wonder if they released that trailer earlier this week on purpose just to get, garner some goodwill before they just crushed all Marvel, all <laughs> hopes yeah. 2020 Marvel fans had. Yeah, most likely, yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on from there, we've got some other just general movie franchises to talk about, uh, starting with The Legend of Zelda. So obviously there's no Legend of Zelda movies as of yet, um, but I think we talked about it last year at some point. Uh, Netflix had acquired like the rights to make uh, TV shows and movies based on The Legend of Zelda, and they were actively trying to get that off the ground. Um, while there's no like official, again, no official announcement on this yet, it's just kind of word going around in the internet movie sphere. Um, but apparently Netflix is eyeing Tom Holland, uh, to play the lead role of Link, um, in, in a live action Legend of Zelda movie or TV show or whatever they decide to do. Um, I, I played some Legend of Zelda as a kid, um, not anytime recently, so I'm not super familiar with like the lore and mythos of this world. I've been told by many, many people that is something that I would very easily get into. I just kind of haven't done it. Um, but yeah, I think this would be interesting casting. I think, I don't know. I think seeing Tom Holland as Link would take some getting used to, uh, just because I feel like Link is a, like an iconic video game character and Tom Holland is such a big name um, and such like a recognizable face that like, whenever you see Tom Holland in a movie, it's kind of hard. Personally, I I think it's kind of hard to distinguish Tom Holland from his character. He's just kind of Tom Holland being Tom Holland. Um, But yeah, I think this could be interesting. I'd be, I think I'll reserve making any like 
real judgments on this until we at least like see an image of him in the costume or whatever. Um, but yeah, what do you, what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I think if you're going to get a name brand actor to play link, I think he would be the absolute right choice for that. Um, but I, but I think personally, I would rather see them get, you know, some unknown or relatively unknown actor just cause yeah, I, I think it would kind of take me out of it a little bit to be like, Oh look, it's Tom Holland with like long blonde hair and, and a green hat. Pointy ears. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I also am, uh, by no means a, uh, legends, legend, legend of Zelda experts. I played like one of the games on the Wii and I played a bit of breath of the wild on a friend switch. Um, but I, I really like the universe in general. Um, and I think that he would do a, you know, he, I think he would do a very good job with it, but I think I would rather see someone who I don't necessarily know. Mia, are you a, are you a legend of Zelda fan? You are not. Not whatsoever. <laughs> but but you know he has pointy ears. How do you know? I've seen pictures. <laughs> you are a Tom Holland fan. Though. I am. So would Tom Holland being cast in this movie make it make it something you would be interested in seeing? Mm, I mean, I basically see whatever Tom Holland is in. So <laughs> I guess. But also, I mean, I'm aware of like what Link looks like. And I can't, in my mind, I can't put like Tom Holland's face superimposed over Link's face and like have it look good. So do you think, I do you think he's going to go? Yeah. Which is the classic character is <laughs> classic. Saying. I feel like Tom Holland could do Could do a good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what if, and this is just entirely speculation on my part. What if this is like an animated thing and he just voices Link? Uh, what would you guys think about that? Yeah. I'd which, be down for I know that. like, Talking to some friends of mine that are really into Legend of Zelda, like doesn't talk a lot in the in the games. I don't think he talks at all. Okay, well then maybe, maybe yeah. no. If they were going in an animated direction, maybe they wouldn't even bother yeah. casting someone like Tom Holland for that. Um, I think maybe he has in like a specific game, but I think in general he mostly just grunts and goes yeah. Um, but you know, they just bring Tom Holland for like one, two hour session of him going, yeah, over and over again. It, and they just splice it throughout the movie. It's like, it's like Vin Diesel doing, I am Groot and like each, yeah, means a different thing. Yes. That'd be good. But yeah. Uh, moving on to, a, another rumored casting decision involving another Tom, uh, is, uh, there was word going around this week that Tom Hardy has been cast as the new James Bond, uh, to be following, uh, no Time to Die with Daniel Craig, probably next year. I think it's still slated for this year, but it'll be next year. Yeah. Um, and so when this came out, I was initially very kind of doubtful of the report. And then I kind of like looked into it and found like the source for like the, uh, the original like uh, outlet that was reporting this. And it was kind of just like some small random outlet that doesn't really have a lot of uh, like... I don't know. It's not super reliable. So I'm going to be honest. I think that this is just fake. I do not think this is a thing. Uh, I do not think they would cast Tom Hardy as James Bond when they actively have a new James Bond movie coming out soon. I think that they would just hold off, get no time to die done over with, and then move on to the next movie. And like, I, I'm not even sure if I think Tom Hardy would be a good James Bond. Uh, like I think I love Tom Hardy. Um, I'm somewhat a fan of the James Bond movies. I'm not 
I haven't seen very many of them. The ones I have seen, I think I've enjoyed for the most part, but I'm not, I'm by no means a diehard Bond fan. Um, and I don't know. I think James, I don't know. I just don't think Tom Hardy's like personality as an actor would mesh all that well with James Bond. I feel like the closest role he's that I've seen of his that has been this would be him as his character in Inception. Um, but even that is, I don't know, just not giving off James Bond vibes. So what w- what would you guys think? Well, first of all, do you guys think that this is like actually a thing? Second of all, if it is, would you like that? Um, I think it probably is not a thing. And like you said, I think if it is a thing, they're not going to announce it for a while. They're going to wait until this movie comes out first. They're not going to move on to the next James Bond before this current James Bond is done because I think that would really hurt this movie. Um, but yeah, I kind of don't like this casting if it's real. Um, I just, to me, like he just doesn't have like the suave James Bond look and general feel that I like associate with the character. Daniel Craig also doesn't. He's more of like this like brawler kind of like, you know, just, this this tank of a man who's just gonna kill you instead of like a sean connery like ladies man suave man kind of guy um but and and i think tom hardy has sort of that daniel craig element to him but i don't know if i want to see that again of like like i feel like tom hardy could play could exist in the daniel craig movies well as like this tortured james bond character but i don't know if i want to see that again in like another reboot you know and so, yeah, and I guess also after seeing him uh, in a lobster tank in Venom, I don't know if I can, like, go f- go into, like, thinking that he's James Bond, you know? So I forgot about that scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, I – what – this isn't going to happen, but what if uh, this is true and No Time to Die ends with Tom Hardy coming in and, like, taking on the mantle of James Bond – and replacing Daniel Craig. I think that could be interesting, but also, like you said, I feel like he would play a very similar James Bond to Daniel Craig's, and I don't know if I'd want them to do that twice mm-hmm. in a row. Also, haven't they uh, cast an actress to play, like, 007? Not James Bond, but, like, someone that has taken on the mantle of 007. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they, if they wanted to go in that direction, they would just continue with her. They're so, like 007 again. <laughs> yeah. So this theory that I'm throwing out there doesn't make sense, yeah. and I don't even subscribe to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You have any thoughts on this, Mia? Um, not particularly. I'm not. I, to this day, I think the most James Bond I've seen is like 10 minutes of Skyfall, maybe. Nice. I think. Is that the one where he's trapped under ice? I do not remember. I think the okay. one where he's trapped under ice is the trailer of No Time to Die. No. <laughs> I think you're right. No. Because that is a thing. Actually, no. That is Sky. He is trapped under ice in that one, too. Thank you. I haven't um, seen Skyfall in a long time. I, ju- I rewatched it this summer. It's, it's good. It's when amazing. I, from, like, remembering the one time I watched it and comparing it to the other Jaden Spawn movies, I think, I've seen. I think it's probably my favorite one. I agree. I but. think it's the it's definitely the best of the Daniel Craig ones. Yeah. And Casino Royale is pretty great. Yeah, cause yeah. Casino Royale is very good too. Um, and it's hard to compare them across generations because the ones from like the 60s are objectively bad now, but like I can understand why they were good then and they have value to them, but they're just so different and yeah. weird and bad back then. So, yeah. yeah. 
Sorry, we kind of cut Any you off, me. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that the only James Bond I really know is that 10-minute segment. And I was really annoyed because there was no way he could hold his breath for that long. So Mia's like, this isn't realistic. It's so just I realistic, like 13-year-old Mia sitting <laughs> with my parents like, this is dumb. And then I just left. So <laughs> You're telling me this James 13. Bond is the same James Bond from 50 years ago? I don't buy it. I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Leaves. So, yeah, I don't have much to say. Needless to say. Yeah. And I think whenever they whenever they do replace Daniel Craig as James Bond, that point is going to be, I think they're going to want to just tonally and just overall shift in an entirely new direction with James Bond. Because I feel like, I don't know. Personally, I think the new James Bond movies, like as good as Skyfall and Casino Royale are, I feel like the rest of them are just kind of dull. Like yeah, I haven't seen Quantum of Solace, which I heard is fine to bad. Yeah, um, and Spectre, Spectre was not good. No, so because they they tried to like MCU it and be like they all of these were connected the whole time. But yeah, it was bad, and it, and it, they tried to uh, Christoph Waltz was like his brother or something. It's just like nah, it was yeah, bad, so. it just I don't know. I feel like it's the Daniel Craig like James Bond like era has kind of run dry i think i think i don't know what else there really is to do both with that version of the character and just tonally with james bond in that kind of setting so i think whenever they cast a new james bond they'll yeah like i said just go in an entirely new direction what that direction is i have no idea i could say they see them doing it with the the female agent like just that would be a transition i mean yeah who knows yeah, but i could I, see that i think that could be really cool i think it would be cool to like just put it back in the 60s like just like do like mm. that kind of like kind of have it like man from uncle or something like yeah that. yeah like do it is more of like a period piece than like oh james bond now and he has all the modern gadgets and stuff like i think it would be fun to kind of you know you can move him around in time and, and do something with that and i think that could be really fun i actually really like that idea i think that would <laughs> well, <thank you. laughs> i think that would bring a little bit more spark to to the franchise as it currently is. Um, but yeah, moving on from there, uh, we've got some, uh, we got one more bit of uh, movie news that I personally don't really care about. Um, <laughs> David and me are going to be upset with me for that. Uh, West Side Story, uh, the Steven Spielberg remake that on a few occasions I've said that I have really no interest in seeing, uh, has been delayed by a year. It was supposed to open this December. Now it's going to be next December. And, I'll just pass this off to you guys. Dave screams. <laughs> My day was ruined by this. <laughs> so, I was very sad. I was like, I've been looking forward to this for such a long time. Um, there's definitely some like, my excitement has been dulled a little bit by all the Anza Elgord stuff. Won't get into it here, but like, creepy man, not good. But anyway, I think beside that, I was super excited for this movie. Um, and I was very much looking forward to what Steven Spielberg could do with this. And I, I love the original. I think it can be updated in multiple places. I was looking forward to that. And now I have to wait another dang year. So I am upset. How about you, Mia? I am as well. I'd honestly kind of forgotten about it just with COVID being a thing for this past you know, X number of months. Um, I was definitely looking forward to it. I think Dave, you're a little bit more excited than me just cause I'm a little trepidatious over, um, what direction I guess it goes in. Like, are they gonna, anyway, that's a whole other issue. So I was disappointed, but also I feel like it 
you know, I could see it coming just with every other cancel not cancellation, but delay that we've experienced so far. So big sad. Yeah. Sad boy hours for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it is what it is. I don't know. I, I think this movie, personally, I think this movie could just never come out and I would not be faced. I had forgot that this movie existed before this <laughs> announcement came. You, you, you task me, <laughs> my friends. I'm very yeah. upset. <laughs> uh, moving on from there, uh, as promised, uh, we, will, we will talk about that WandaVision trailer. So WandaVision, if anyone listening to this isn't aware, is a, is a Disney Plus show that's going to be coming later this year that is based on the characters of Wanda and Vision from, <laughs> from the Marvel Cinematic Whoa. Universe. Wonder where they got the title. Um, <laughs> and it's, it looks really weird. Um, it looks like they're just in a series of various like TV sitcoms that may or may not just be happening inside of Wanda's brain. Uh, maybe she's going mad. Maybe they're all dead. Maybe they're in hell. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> WandaVision tagline, they're in hell. <laughs> um, but I think this looks drastically different than pretty much anything we've seen from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that gets me really excited because it's the first since Black Widow has been delayed till May. Uh, it's going to be the first Marvel content we've gotten since Spider-Man Far From Home came out. Um, and so just to be on a drastically different note than we last were, I think is really exciting and it kind of breathes a little bit more life into the, into the Marvel fan in me that has kind of just been lying dormant for like a year now. Um, yeah, I think trailer looks great. I like how the like aspect ratio and like quality of, like the the image changes depending on like which uh, sitcom they're supposedly like kind of living out. Um, the cast looks great, and yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm really interested to see kind of how this ties into the larger MCU. I know that they've kind of hinted that it might tie into the Doctor Strange sequel because um, uh, Wanda's going to be in that movie, and I, it could be some sort of prequel or just just kind of generally connected to that i think they've said like the villain of the doctor strange sequel is going to be like nightmare or whatever i don't really know much about that character but maybe he is contributing to this tv nightmare that wanda and vision are having um maybe i I think it could be they're trying to get she's trying to get vision back because there is that one line in the trailer of like someone was like oh you're dead vision and so like maybe Maybe she's inside an infinity stone because she her powers are connected to that or whatever, and she's trying to get him back or something. Um, but yeah, I think it looks like a ton of fun. Like I don't really know what it is, but I am excited by that. So I don't have much to add, just because I I think every single time we've talked about this, I've just complained about the title, like the name that they chose, and I think it's the stupidest thing, and that just sort of clouds every. Um, just like idea that i have about it or any potential but mia it's it's wanda and vision it's so or it's like stupid. wanda's vision or or it's like know. television but wanda vision didn't you see the tagline it's a new age of 
Telewandavision or oh something like that. They it, it's like Wait. cutting between Wandavision and Television, like in the trailer. Like, Is it real? Yeah. No, I hate that. Oh gosh, that. it's a no. new age of Telewandavision. Telewandavision. <laughs> That's the worst thing. That's terrible. Granted, like it's not shown as like one word. It no, like, cuts between yeah. the two, but <laughs> I'm gonna say it as that now. That's actually how you pronounce it, though. Telewandavision. So. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Notably, there's no actual release date on this trailer, so we don't know when it's coming out. I had heard it's going to be in December. Yeah, that's kind of the, that's the release date they had announced when they moved it up, I think, like at the beginning of the year uh, prior to COVID and everything. Um, yeah, I would assume it'll still be December, but who knows? Maybe they're done with it and they just kind of want to get something out to apologize for having no Marvel content this year. Uh, so maybe it'll come out sooner. We'll find out. Um, yeah, I guess from there, we'll just jump straight into our main topic this week and as we mentioned earlier uh today's the this episode is the 24th episode of the of the cinebraskans podcast it's been a it's been a good run we're we're ending it now this is the end of the podcast (laughs) (laughs) when we started this we went 24 sounds good no more (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so for our 24th episode we've decided to to rank some of our our favorite movies from the from the studio a24 um definitely on purpose wasn't a coincidence at all didn't just realize that it was the 24th episode right before filming <laughs> we definitely didn't get here and found and realized it was the 24th episode and then screamed really loudly because we <laughs> thought because we realized how brilliant we were that definitely didn't happen <laughs> not at all don't know what you're talking about um but yeah i guess how do you guys want to do this so we've each got we've each got five a24 movies that that we that we quite enjoy and want to talk about do we i feel like round robins what we usually do do we want to go one at a time or do we want to do a couple at a time uh, we could do two two and one that sounds good to me cool uh who wants to start i feel like i always start with david but mia says no go a nose go or wh- whatever i think she's pointing to me i can't tell because she's doing it in a weird way <laughs> dave all right cool i'll go um so yeah it's a good thing we're talking about five because i i realized <laughs> when looking through a, a list of a24 movies i've only seen five a24 <laughs> movies um which makes me really sad because i feel like i've seen more but maybe i just like if a movie is vaguely indie i'm like yeah it's probably a24 a <laughs> so um but yeah um i think these two are ones that definitely would not be in my top five a24 movies if i had seen any of the other ones that I really want to see, like, I don't know, The Lighthouse or Uncut Gems or whatever. Um, but, you know, add some variety to this. So at number five, I have um, Under the Skin, um, which is uh, a weird sci-fi horror movie from 2013. Kyle and I had seen it in our um, uh, Women in Horror Movies class a few years ago. Um, and I like it. I think it's a really interesting concept um i kind of don't remember a lot about it (laughs) to be honest it's really weird there isn't really a plot it just it's about an alien who like takes someone's skin pretty much and like learns what it's like to be like a woman in like 21st century pretty much um and it's just a really bizarre movie uh scarlett johansson is the is the is the alien protagonist i guess um, and it's just kind of about like her journey of like figuring out like what humans are and how like I guess her race can maybe take over the world. That that's kind of vague about what's really happening there. But but yeah, it's solid. I honestly didn't love it. I think you liked it more than I did. 
Um, but yeah, it's okay, I would say. Um, and uh, at four, I have The Spectacular Now um, that stars uh, Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley. It's kind of a coming-of-age tale. Um, that's another movie that I think is just pretty solid. I, I think I would like it more if it starred different actors, because I don't know if I've, I've said I've given you guys this take, but I really don't like Miles Teller or Shailene Woodley. So, <laughs> like, I dislike them quite a bit as actors. Um, the only thing I've never... You, and yet you like Whiplash as much as you do. I know. That's, I was going to say, that's the only Miles Teller movie that I like, or, like that, or that I've liked him in. I think he's great in that movie. I think he's... His characters are very, like, whiny and, like, childish... And that's kind of the characters he play he plays, and that's that really works for Whiplash, but just just yeah, in general, not a fan. And same with Shane Lee Woodley. I've really only seen this and Divergent, which Divergent is bad, so maybe that's why I don't like her so much. But um, but yeah, it's pretty solid. Um, it's kind of just about like these two teens' relationship, and like she's just kind of like this like shy, like just kind of. Um, pretty normal girl in high school <laughs> she's, she's not like the other girls I, I don't know i don't remember i don't remember a lot about this movie and he's kind of like this um kind of more rebellious guy and it's just it's about their relationship and maybe he's a bad person he is a bad person in this it turns out um but yeah it's pretty solid i know two ringing endorsements of movie of movies that i kind of don't remember so <laughs> That was one of the best explanations I've ever seen. Good. Um, my, not to brag or anything, but I'm definitely, I've seen the most A24 out of the three of us. So How do you know? I counted. Have you looked into Kyle's brain? And no, I can just read his mind. Okay. Yeah, you've probably seen more than I have. <laughs> probably. There we go. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, I have also seen A Spectacular Now. I thought it sucked. So it's definitely not on my list. Um, yeah, I think it, you're spot on. Like, Miles Teller is just like, shut up. You suck. He's just like, oh, my dad was mean to me, so I'm going to be a bad person. Yeah, and that's just kind of a movie. movie so. Not a good movie. I think it was in, I'm trying to think. It was in one of the first, well, actually, let me see. Remember yeah, it? okay. It was in 2013. So it was in like the first five A24 films. Okay. So I feel like it doesn't really fit like the A24 like genre as you think of it now. For sure. Um, anyway, my number five was actually The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Um, even though I saw it last night, um, I just thought it was, it just was, I hate the word impactful, but I don't know how else to describe it. It was just very affecting. I'll say that much. Um and yeah, shot beautifully, just like you could tell that it was just such a different story that wouldn't have like, I don't, I don't know how well it performed, but like you wouldn't see that type of story coming out of like a major production or not a major, but like a bigger production company, like, I don't know, Warner Bros or something like that. Um, so yeah, that, that's number five. Number four is eighth grade. Um, I'm kind of shocked that I put it that low, but then I look at the rest of them. Yeah. Um, I think that eighth grade is just phenomenal. I think one thing that I just really love about A24 is um, the directors just get to be so like specific with their visions for the movies, which like that's the most basic thing to say ever about a movie. But I think the story is just so personal and it's done without 
any like pretense of like we're forcing you to feel this way like it like Kyle had said earlier like it's just a like snapshot a very realistic snapshot of like the growing pains of being in middle school and I think it's just so wholesome it is it just shows like this really great relationship and like the dynamics of a girl growing up and being in eighth grade and just trying to figure out who she is um so yeah that's why it's a uh, number four on my list nice yeah eighth grade is not on my list but i agree with everything you said eighth grade is fantastic um so the five movies i have on my list i should also kind of like david uh mention off the top i haven't seen these in a minute um this is just kind of like trying to remember what i thought of each one and i don't know i think the the most recent one I've seen is actually my my number five and that's the lighthouse and that came out probably about a year ago now um, so that kind of gives you an uh, an idea of how long it's been since I saw these movies but the lighthouse is one of the weirdest movies I have ever seen <laughs> it is just like two hours of a square black and white movie of Willem Dafoe and uh, I about said Ryan Pattinson. <laughs> <laughs> Rypat, the classic. Of, of Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe just hanging out in a lighthouse and going insane and just yelling at each other about seagulls and lobsters <laughs> and mermaids. And it's sexy mermaids. <laughs> sexy mermaids. And yeah, and Willem Dafoe just farting a lot. <laughs> and it's it's a movie. It's a, It's a lot and it's not at all what you expect it to be. Um, but also it's like kind of horrifying and also a blast to watch. Um, I again, have only seen it the one time, but it has just really stuck with me and I kind of want to watch it again sometime just because it's so wacky and both of their performances are so over the top, but also work so well for what this movie is. And yeah, I love the lighthouse. It's, it's fantastic. Um, moving on to number five, uh, is, I'm sorry, number four. (laughs) Thank you, David, (laughs) uh, is a movie that was kind of like not controversial, but like divisive upon its release. Divisive. Divisive. That's an interesting uh, pronunciation. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Divisive. (laughs) Um, and that's, uh, it comes at night, uh, which is a film directed by, um, oh, why am I, why am I, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, <laughs> uh, Trey Edward Schultz. Yes. He also directed Waves. Um, there you go. Um, but yeah, uh, he, so the movie itself is kind of like advertised as a horror movie and it definitely like has the tone of a horror movie, but I think part of why a lot of people didn't like this movie is because the trailer for it makes it seem like a really intense horror movie and like there's some like big monster like it kind of like looks like a like almost like a zombie movie or something and without getting too into it that's not really what the movie (laughs) is Uh, it's more so like a movie about paranoia um and just like because it's it's set like basically in a post-apocalyptic world in which like it's almost like a world like similar to a quiet place, yeah. uh, which is just a bunch of people living in the woods and just trying not to interact with each other. Um, and there's like some disease that just like keeps people pretty much turning into zombies. Uh, at least that's kind of not not zombies per se, but like something like that. Um, and yeah, it's just 
if I remember correctly, it's like just under two hours long. And as the film goes on, it just builds an incredible amount of tension because you're never entirely sure what's real and like what's like a dream. Um, like it's like what is in these characters' minds and what is actually happening to them and like what the actual situation they are facing is. Um, and so in that sense, it's kind of a mystery, but also it never really solves that mystery. It just kind of presents the story of these characters in this moment. Um, and yeah, I really liked it. Um, I know again, a lot of people are not fans of this movie, but it just really worked for me and I would highly recommend it. Nice. Moving on to you next, David. What's your number three and your number two? So these are two movies that I actually remember and like. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, well, actually, for three, I don't not remember what what happened in this movie, but I it's very hard to describe. So I talked about this movie last week when we were talking about Dune and Denis Villeneuve and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal being friends again or doing a movie again or whatever. <laughs> um, and yeah, so at number three, I have Enemy. Um, and yeah, it's it's just one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. Like it, it's I, I don't really want to get too much into it because it's just better if you don't re- go into it if you go into it without knowing much. But pretty much, it's about Jake Gyllenhaal, and um, he finds that he has like a doppelganger who is maybe like you know better than him in a lot of ways, or like uh, like it just kind of has all of the things that he doesn't have kind of kind of vibe um and but also maybe there's like spider people taking over the world (laughs) and like they're just kind of like this like impending sense of like something is going to happen but you just don't know what and they're kind of like these shot these like kind of like random clips of like a big spider walking over the city and you're like why is this in this movie like why is there just this clip of the spider walking in the city and then it kind of like all comes together at the end and you're like oh my god like <laughs> like and it doesn't really make sense but it is damn compelling so <laughs> i don't that's a terrible way of describing this movie but um i definitely would recommend it i think i'd want to watch it again because i want to kind of wrap my head around everything that's happening and it also it has like the weirdest ending to a movie i've ever seen like it just has such an abrupt insane ending so yeah it's 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 just it's kind of like arrival in this i think arrival has more of a plot but where it's just kind of like you don't really know what's happening until you really just know what's happening (laughs) if that makes sense so um, at number two, I have uh, Swiss Army Man, which is a movie I just watched uh, three weeks ago, um, and it's about uh, Paul Dano, um, and it starts with him. He's uh, been sh- shipwrecked on this island. You don't really know how long he's been there, but he's clearly been there a very long time, and he's getting ready to kill himself when a corpse washes, washes up on the beach, and it turns out to be Daniel Radcliffe. It's not actually Daniel Radcliffe in the movie, <laughs> but it's a corpse being played by Daniel Radcliffe, and he goes on this adventure with this corpse and pretty much the corpse is like a magical corpse. Like it can just like fart a lot and he, he like rides on it and it like farts like, like a motorboat and it just, he just like, or like a jet ski and he just like escapes this Island this way. And, and, and 
it's called Swiss Army Man because pretty much like he stays alive because of all the weird things that this corpse can do. Like he's like, I'm really thirsty, and then like the corpse's mouth opens and like water comes out of it because like the corpse like drowned. So, um, and it's just this really weird insane movie and it's definitely a movie about a farting magical corpse but it also is a movie about like the meaning of life and like finding yourself and it was just like i I was like i don't know why i love this movie but it just really spoke to me on some level um and yeah and and the the soundtrack uh the score is really great um and it's really funny um and it's about like finding your sexuality and it's just it's just really good so um yeah I would I would very much recommend it. So I am a big big fan of the soundtrack, and I just looked it up, and I forgot the Paul. Is it Dano or Dano? Dano. 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 Um, he does some of the songs. Like yes. he sings, and also Daniel Radcliffe sings. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like most of the score, most most of the soundtrack is like them singing exactly what's happening in the movie. Like like. <laughs> Musical, but magically like like music will be happening like it's, it's not a musical and i don't I, again i don't know how to describe it but like something will be happening and they'll be like running up a hill blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, like, like they'll just be like like the background soundtrack will be what they're doing pretty much <laughs> but also you can't like really tell the words like in yes. some like i was listening to one like when i first started hearing the soundtrack i think one of the songs like appeared on my spotify like discover weekly and i was like oh that's funky it's a playlist or it's a soundtrack like one of them is cotton eye joe and you don't it's a take on cotton eye joe but you don't really realize i forgot i I forgot about that it's so good about cotton eye joe yeah it is such a weird crazy movie this movie sounds insane but it is it is delightful so yeah two thumbs up it's been on my watch list for ages but i think i'm a little worried just because i know how much i love the soundtrack that if i don't like the movie i won't want to return to the soundtrack and i'm just worried about that yeah i have no idea if you'll like it but i think you will because it's Hmm. just weird enough that i think you'll like it so okay all right i'll give it a shot sometime um moving on to me um my number three is 20th century women which I know I've talked about in several podcasts, and I think I've always encouraged you guys to watch it, and you still haven't. Yeah. <sighs> That's disappointing. I feel like, well, I, yeah, I feel like you would equally like it. Um, it, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, well, okay, it's not that complicated. It's about a single mother, um, Annette Benning, who is raising her son in kind of, like she rents out her house i think they live in san francisco or no they live in um well it doesn't matter it's somewhere in california in like 1969 i think and it she she and her son are living um they're renting out the house to a couple like boarders and it's about um annette trying to just have influential women in her son's life um because he doesn't have like the father figure and she just wants her son to learn about the life of a woman basically or learn how to be a guy through a woman's perspective um it's very it's very emotional i would say in just that it's just like a snapshot into like 
what it's like for a boy growing up with a single mom and like she's a little bit older as well and so that brings a different dynamic into it um I'm not describing it super well but it's it's just so lovely like it's just I think Annette Benning is fantastic and I think she's really good in this role and her son is Lucas Jade Zuman who isn't super well known he's in the like and with an e Netflix show but he's not in a lot else. Um, oh, it has Greta Gerwig in it. That's huge. She's <laughs> she's fantastic in it. I forgot about that. She's really, really just great in this. Um, yeah, I can't describe it super well. But it's definitely just like a, a feel good, but it also like will make you think and probably cry. So, you know, my type of movie. Um, and then number two is Lady Bird, which I don't, I assume it's probably on your list. Maybe it should be on my list, but it's <gasps> not because I forgot to include it. Gasp. <laughs> Gasp. I know it's on yours, Dave. Maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if we've really specifically talked about Lady Bird. Um, I think, I think that this is just a really, I think it was my first Greta Gerwig directed movie that I saw. Was it her debut? I don't know, actually. It might have Maybe been. like I think feature. It was. Okay, I'll, I'll that would make sense. Because I think then. there was a whole deal about like she was the first like first time or like not the first, but like mm-hmm. it was like, oh, this is her first movie and yeah. she got nominated. So or something like that. Yeah, maybe that, that's sounds, not a thing. that sounds that sounds right. Know. Yeah. Um I I remember like looking forward to this movie and by the time it came out I was a big fan of A24 so I was looking forward to it. I was kind of a rare uh, a rare aware of Greta Gerwig cuz I'd seen her in like Frances Ha, I think. Um so it's the first movie that she directed like on her on her own. Okay. Um it looks like in 2008 she directed a movie called Nights and Weekends with a guy called Joe Swanberg. Hmm. Um Okay. I've never heard of it and yeah but yeah interesting for all intents and purposes uh yeah Lady Bird's kind of her directorial debut yeah i think that this was just such a i mean obviously it did super well and got nominated for a lot and like Sersha got nominated for a lot and that was kind of i think the beginning of like the Sersha ronan and timothy chalamet like partnership and then like Sersha and greta and timothy and greta and so i think um it was a launching point for for some of their careers or at least onto a bigger scale um i remember yeah really just looking forward to this and having it live up to like basically every expectation that i'd had um it's not my favorite a24 film but it's one that i definitely like keep coming back to and i get something new every time i watch it and i think it's also a film that it will mean different things to me in like five or ten years and still be impactful so yeah and yeah, um, my number three, uh, again, the five movies I picked, I think I just picked five movies that I wanted to talk about, not necessarily my five favorite A24 movies, but, you know, here we are. <laughs> so number three, I have Moonlight. Um, Moonlight is a beautiful movie, like just in terms of its story and just visually and uh, like with its scores all around every, pretty much every aspect of this movie is beautiful in whatever way you can think of. Um, 
for for anyone that doesn't know moonlight it came out in 2016 it's the movie that upset uh la la land for for best picture not upset la la land but like (laughs) that was the actual best picture winner in that whole fiasco um but the movie it's it tells the story of a of a boy growing up in florida um in like a not so great just like home situation like he is his it's just yeah his mom is has has issues and his dad's not really around and he has a father figure that is kind of in and out um and then on top of all of that he thinks he might be gay but he's not entirely sure and so it's about him as he's growing up kind of trying to like figure himself out while also being in a very not great living situation um and it in that sense a lot of people were comparing it to boyhood because boyhood shows um someone growing up from the age of six to 18 um but boyhood also focuses on just kind of your i I, like i love boyhood but it's called the main character is also kind of your just generic white suburban character um while uh while moonlight is uh the character is african-american uh and faces all of the like all the racism and like troubles that comes with that growing up in the united states um and it showcases him at three points in his life um i don't remember the age of the three different points but it's basically when he's a kid when he's like an early teenager probably like a freshman or something in high school if i had to guess and then him probably like in his early 20s um, just kind of like starting his life um and it's it's an absolutely fantastic movie the first time i saw this movie i was actually sick um and didn't really get to focus on the movie and had to like run out of the theater to the bathroom because I just was not, I was not doing too hot. Um, (laughs) Long story short. Um, But I I ended up revisiting the movie like a couple weeks later and absolutely loved it. Like I think at that time I got the experience that I was looking for the first time. Um, And you all know how much I love La La Land. And honestly, I'm not, I'm not upset that Moonlight be La La Land for Best Picture because it's an absolutely fantastic movie that deserves all the praise in the world. Um, yeah, moving on next. Uh, I, I want to talk about a movie called Locke. Um, Locke, is, I don't remember who directed this, but it stars Tom Hardy. Um, and the whole movie is basically, as I had described to Dave earlier prior to the podcast, uh, the whole movie is basically Tom Hardy in a car driving somewhere while he's on various phone calls with people and his life is falling apart. Um, you, uh, you could call him Tom Cardi. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you could, but that doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think you should. Um, but yeah, it's the whole movie basically doesn't leave the car. Like it's the, the whole movie. It just focuses on him in this car uh, and it doesn't provide any sort of outside perspective on his situation. It just shows like an un- pretty much an uncut hour and a half of this guy's life. Um, and it's absolutely fantastic. And the amount of tension they're able to build just by this character driving and talking on the phone is absolutely insane. Um, it's kind of in the sense that it doesn't leave the car. It's similar to, to buried uh, with Ryan uh, Reynolds. If you've seen that, um, that's a little bit more, uh claustrophobic considering he's in a coffin underground um and tom hardy's just in a car but the the like panic of the situation and the like stakes of what is at hand um both for his personal life and just emotionally in general 
um, is are so high that it has it has like the same kind of tension, like the same amount of tension as as Barry does. Um, and so yeah, I don't have a lot else to say about Locke without getting into spoilery territory, and I don't want to. When you watch this movie, you should walk into or not walk into it, but you should watch it knowing as little about it as possible. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic. I think it might be on Netflix. It was on Netflix once upon a time, and I watched it there, but also Netflix loses things all the time. So it's probably not anymore. But yeah, check out Locke if you haven't seen it. It's fantastic. Uh, moving on to you next, David. What is your favorite A24 movie? Yeah, so as Mia said, it's Lady Bird because <laughs> I've only seen five, as I've said before. <laughs> so, um, But I mean, I think regardless of whether I've seen some of the more acclaimed a24 movies i think ladybird definitely would be on the list or would be in you know that would be certainly would be in consideration because it's a great movie it's i think um when we did our like best of the decade i think it was in there or was like really close to being in the top 10 um it's just it's a great movie um i watched it again for the uh the second time over the summer um and just absolutely loved it and just it just reaffirmed that it's just such just 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 such a great story and um just really kind of captures the uncertainty of your last year of high school and um kind of uh having confrontations with your parents about um you know what your future is going to be and like who you want to be in the world um and the performances are incredible and yeah, and, and Timothy's Chalamet is in it, so that's pretty good. And I know that makes me happy. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I don't really know what else to say about Lady Bird that hasn't been said, but it's pretty good. It's a pretty good movie. So nice. Well, my number one is mm, don't remember if it it was probably in my best. Was it ten of the decade that we did? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, that's a lot of movies. Um, <laughs> it was probably up there somewhere. I don't it's remember a whole what number. Worth. That's true. <laughs> um, it is a ghost story. One of my all-time favorite movies. Um, I can't remember how many times I've seen it. Thankfully, it's on Netflix, so I kind of just watch it or watch parts of it whenever I'm sad which is often and then it makes me more sad but in a more artistic way so <laughs> that is the best way to capture the phenomena of wa- of watching something sad when you're sad you're just sad in a more artistic way <laughs> more artistic way yes um I think that this movie is beautiful. I'm sure I've talked about it before. I'm kind of just a broken record when it comes to my favorite movies and Hans Zimmer surprise surprise um yeah this movie came out three years ago um actually it came out the same day as spider-man homecoming which was the day before my birthday so that was probably the best birthday of my life and i didn't even realize it wow so a lot of things. now it's done <laughs> and it's not gonna ever be that good again um <laughs> that's really depressing oh, no. <laughs> we just, we we're just, going downhill fast we just got to watch me like spiral because of this movie like you're, you're just talking about this movie and you're making yourself sad you're like nothing will ever be as good as when i watched ghost stories i like how we haven't even speak. talked about what the movie is yeah. just about mia's general feelings about the movie <laughs> Oh gosh, I'm not doing it justice. Or maybe I am because it's sad. 
it's very sad. It's about everybody. Grief. You should watch this movie because it, <laughs> it will make, make you, you sad. Spiral like Mia is doing, right but now. in an artistic way. In an artistic way, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually is about grief, and it's about see. Well, for me, it's about like um, seeing beauty in grief and realizing that like beauty does or grief and pain doesn't necessarily have to be um, a negative experience. Like it's a part of life, and we're all going to experience it at some point or another um and being able to appreciate the good things i think that come from sadness and pain is kind of a general theme or at least that's that's really what i glean from it um it's shot beautifully it's shot on i can't remember the aspect ratio it's like 1.3 something it's like the box with rounded edges yeah 1.33.1 or something like that um it's beautiful, has a stunning soundtrack. Um, it's one, a movie that you could almost do in black and white and you wouldn't notice the difference if it were black and white versus color. Like, it's super, just very quiet. There are some scenes, like, there's one scene that's, like, six minutes long of just, like, watching Rooney Mara eat a pie. <laughs> like, genuinely, I think it's, like, five or six minutes and you're like, why am I watching this? And you're like, oh, my gosh, this makes so much sense. So, it's beautiful. Does it will she make eat you the cry. Entire pie in that six minutes, or is it like a slice? Like, what are we talking? Here? No, it's like a pie, and she eats almost the whole thing, and then she goes and pukes. So, <laughs> wow, I'm really selling it well. <laughs> um, Sadness and puking up a pie, and pies, <laughs> and um, Casey Affleck in a sheet ghost. He's a sh- ghost in a sheet. Again, <laughs> you really just have to watch it. You're just like sadness and pie and Casey Affleck in a sheet. In a, a sheet, a ghost. and that's it. that's it. I'm. I actually love this movie so much. I'm getting a tattoo of it next week. Nice. Today, of the ghost of the sheet. Of man? the, it's like the poster of uh, the ghoster. The ghost. The ghoster poster. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a silhouette of the ghost. So anyway, nice. that's my. Nice. That is why it's in the top it's just very pretty <laughs> and sad <laughs> pretty and sad <laughs> moving on um the movie i picked for my number one spot i don't know if i necessarily consider that like, consider it to be like the best a24 movie which i suppose is kind of the point of what we're doing but you know we've made it this far yeah <laughs> so <laughs> um but it's the movie that i think of when i think of a24 and that's ex machina um, just because Ex Machina was like, I don't know if it was the first A24 movie I ever saw, but it was the first one that I saw and like knew it was an A24 movie. Like I just kind of have that association. Um, and Ex Machina, it's, I believe directed by Ale- Alex Garland. Um, it's the same guy that did, uh, Annihilation a few years ago. Um, but it's got a really small cast it's basically just domino gleason alicia vikander and uh oscar isaac. oscar isaac i don't know why i blanked on his name but <laughs> thank you mia um but yeah it's basically just the three of them uh oscar isaac plays this like billionaire tech genius uh domino gleason is just kind of like this average coder guy that happens to work for his company and like wins a lottery to like come to his house and he doesn't know why he's going there but he gets there and realizes that he's basically just performing a turing test on artificial intelligence that is in the form of uh elicia vikander 
Um, she's, yeah, Alicia Vikander plays a robot lady in this movie. Uh, and uh, without getting too into the, the details of the plot, um, the movie, it... Sorry, I'm kind of blanking. Uh, <laughs> the movie is really just an analysis of, like, what makes humanity. Like, what about a person makes them a person? Um, and, like, what, like, is it emotions? Is it motivations? Like, it goes through, like, a, a variety of different ideas. Um, and it's very, very well done. Um, it's also kind of a horrifying movie um, for reasons I won't get into. Um, but it's, it's very, yeah, I just, I love this movie. Uh, first time I saw it was probably, like, summer between my sophomore and junior years of high school and i think i watched it like four times in that first week that i saw it just because i was like oh my god this movie is fantastic and i just kind of watched it on repeat um and yeah if you haven't seen ex machina definitely definitely check it out i think the performances from the the three people in the cast are all absolutely phenomenal um this movie actually won an oscar for visual effects uh for their work that they did on uh, alicia vikander uh as as the robot which is kind of funny because like it's not a very visual effects heavy movie like her character aside from like her face is almost entirely visual effects um but it doesn't feel that way it feels very natural and it feels very um just kind of organic in in the in the movie um and yeah don't really know how to end this, but <laughs> Ex Machina is good. Hot take. <laughs> A24 is good. Hot take. Hot take. Yeah. This is the 24th episode. Hot For take. A24. <laughs> That's it beautiful. is A24th episode of Cinebraskans. <gasps> oh my That wait, sentence doesn't but, really make sense, but, but I tried. the 24th episode? Because we're not no. going to have a second 24th episode ever. This is our only You know, we've already episode. renamed this podcast once. <laughs> We'll be back <laughs> with, another eight, with another 24th episode of a different podcast, but it's actually the same podcast in disguise. On that note, this has been the 24th episode of Cinebraskans, the daily Nebraskan entertainment podcast. Yeah. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz, and I've been joined by my co-host, David Berman, as well as Mia Everding. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. See ya. Bye.